0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined by Corey the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. All right, so we're back for our Thursday episode. It is Wednesday night, November 3rd. The Habs finally won another game. So we have some good shit to talk about today. But first, how are you, buddy? It's been a few days since we've last chatted.
1: Hey, I'm doing good. Um, We're going to see the new My Hero movie tomorrow. And then the next day, I'm going to Oktoberfest, which we... We brought all the kegs. We brought 130 kegs today to swap out the, I think, 93 empty kegs we had. So we did that in two days last uh, last Friday and Saturday. We burned through all 93 kegs. So we sent that out uh, today, and I can't wait to drink some fresh, 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 fresh uh, German beer come Friday. But uh, dude, do pretty good.
0: That's good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, nice to know that you're back at work. Obviously, we talked about it last episode, I believe. Um, I got to know, like, what's working Oktoberfest like, though? That's got to be busy for a guy like you.
1: Uh, actually, I don't have to work it because there's volunteers now. So all I have to do is we just bring the kegs uh, a couple of days before. And then I go personally because uh, the guy, Jack, that runs the Deutsche's house down here, gives us free tickets every year. So you get free tickets to get in and then you just pay you, you know, you, you buy the beer. But um, a lot of times, if they just see that you're the company that they're using the draft truck for, they end up just giving you free uh, pints. So um, I might spend, you know, seven to $14 and I might drink like three liters of beer and get free food you know, which is what happened, uh, two Fridays ago. And it was amazing. I literally spent $7 and all of it was just tips. I just tipped them for giving me free beer. while I was just checking on the, making sure everything
0: was porn Right.
1: And I went to go buy a beer. And they would be like, no, 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 don't worry about it. This is on the house. Thank y'all. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah, let's do this.
0: Well, I gotta say as a broke fucking college student, that sounds like heaven to me. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, dude.
1: Uh, My friends were like, you think you can get me one? I'm like, dude, I'm not about to lose this fucking privilege on y'all.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll give you a couple dollars. (laughs) Yeah, no, we – I just got something dangerous. So our our Jack Doyle Athletic Center, it's got a gym. It's also – for any listeners from the Ottawa region, you might know Algonquin College, the Algonquin Thunder, they've rebranded the team. It's now Mm -hmm. the Algonquin Wolves. Um, so they've got this fucking million-dollar facility. called and then there's there's the gym, and then there's the wolves den. And I knew they had food, but I, I never really checked it out. And I go in there with one of my buddies today. It's like fucking gorgeous. Like they've got like they bring food to you. It's like this sick little like it's cool. They got like a bowling alley in there, and I knew they had a golf simulator. What I didn't know, and this is why it's dangerous, is they've got a bar in-house. Oh Lord. (laughs) That sells seven dollar pints. And my God, it's my bank account about to suffer. Oh Oh, shit. Um, Right. And I can you can get it while you're golfing on the golf simulator. Oh, yeah. So wh- I'm happy you brought that up because,
1: like, one of the places, there's two of them down here that w- that we have kegs at. Um, Do y'all have, like, um, virtual golf places, like, that are bars that have, like, all the walls are just, um like, screens and it's just all, like, little T areas? Yeah, that's what a virtual golf simulator is. Perfect. Well, yeah stupid um well yeah dude we we have two of them down here and i actually just went to one uh, last friday to clean the lines at. and there's always like a bunch of fucking college kids because we sell they do like pint nights and stuff like that uh or they'll do like pictures i think like you can get like a picture of fucking natty ice or like some natural light
0: for like i don't know like 10 bucks dude there's a um there's a bar across the road from College Square. It's like a five minute walk. Mm-hmm. It's not a bar. It's like a a restaurant, a restaurant and bar. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's called Tom's Grill. Yeah, and they've got um Monday to Monday to Wednesday is six dollar pint of Stella. So we're always fucking there on Monday night. Because it's the cheapest. Fucking getting our pints <laughs> of Stella in and then going to class on Tuesday. Nice. Big Stella guy. Big Stella guy. Yeah, Love dude. my import beer. That's uh
1: down here, the the company I work at, we are the distributor of Stella. So I have like uh dude, actually, I don't anymore in my in my wreck when a dude hit me from behind. Um, I had about thirty Stella glasses, like the tulip ones, in oh. the back. And when I got when I got hit, I just heard glass crunching, dude, and like glass was like flying towards the fucking front of the car. It's like, oh do my you know cups! How, <laughs> do you know how depressing that is to me? Don't don't feel bad. I we have boxes. We we probably have over like a thousand cups.
0: When I come up there, I'll, I'll I'll give you like a bunch of them. I don't know. Have I talked about my collection on this show yet? No. What? You collect glasses? Every bar I go to. You just take one home? I I take a glass. Yeah. Jesus. And I've got to say, like, I think I, I came here and I had four cups. And I've run out of room on my shelf now. So there's some on my desk right now. Look at me. I can see a Rickards red. Staring you, me in the you sound
1: up. like uh my buddy matt we call him the salt shaker bandit because uh when we were younger we every fucking restaurant we went to a bar if there was a salt shaker he would just pocket it and his room was just covered
0: in fucking salt shakers everywhere it's funny i don't know i just like it's it. Collecto. though like, <laughs> like every um everywhere i go i get I tried to get a different glass, but I've got like four yeah. belt, I've got like four Belgian moons now because I like Belgian moon. But I am, you know, I'm gonna remember, I'm gonna be like, I took that that from that bar and mm-hmm. did this and that. I don't know. I just think it's uh no, that's no, it's, it's actually pretty
1: cool. Down here, I mean you can do that, but there's a bunch of bars down here that is like uh like the glass. If you just buy a drink and like I think for two dollars you can just take it. You know, because I guess oh, but
0: that's that's not as cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not as cool
1: as just fucking pocket in a glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, shit. Well, anyway, uh, we got some exciting news. You know, uh, we had a fucking a win. We had a win the other day and uh, the boys played like really, really good. And I was just a, a bit upset thinking like Cole Caulfield gets sent down, which is, you know, you know, you said that would probably be the best thing for him. Um, and the commentators said the same thing, but it was like that, you know, the game after Caulfield leaves, we show a bit of momentum. And I was like, fuck, like he, he should have been a part of this. But uh, it's good to see the boys, you know, playing like a, like a, un, like a united group again. Um, I mean, even Sharat, you know, who's been just getting teed off on fucking Twitter, played an, an absolute
0: fucking great game. Well, yeah, I think I don't think I said it would be the best thing for him. I just think it's better than rotting on the third yeah, line. Yeah. In terms of Caulfield. Um, he's finally gonna have some like skilled players, at least skilled in the HL, right? Like Jesse, yes, you Jesse, Jesse Olonen, drafted in 2018, second rounder. Like he's he's a good prospect. A lot of Canadian fans have forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Should be pushing for at least on the team next year like expect jesse alonan to make his mark very soon Uh, i believe he's also on a line with ryan paling so nice that's some skill up there they're gonna get shit done um Um, also we had
1: uh michael Pizzetta and uh bazil get to come up and they had a pretty tremendous game as well
0: yeah and i'll get to that in a second i do just want to cover in terms of Caulfield, because I don't think we did our mm-hmm. best talking about it last time, but for those of you who know uh, Jack Hahn on Twitter, former AHL scout, former member of the Montreal Canadiens, like, I, I don't know, he was there in some coaching capacity. Right. Intelligent hockey mind um, was talking about, you know, if, if you haven't followed Jack Hahn on Twitter, like, even if you don't have Twitter, look up his, like, he breaks down the game I think, better than anyone I've ever seen do it. He's he's going to have a job in hockey someday. He's going to be a general manager in the NHL. I'm totally convinced he's a fucking hockey genius. Um, <laughs> moving on, sorry. Asked him about Caulfield going down and what he thought the AHL would do because as he worked in the AHL, he was a former AHL associate coach. Like He said, do you think it would help him at all? And he said it was a waste of time. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think, huh. I think as most Habs fans identify, Caulfield would have been fine in the NHL if he was playing with skilled players on the top line. But mm-hmm. you know, I do think, and you know, I'm not an NHL associate coach, but it is my personal opinion that I'd rather him play 20 minutes a night on the top line the AHL than nine eleven minutes. minutes. A night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. But I just thought it was interesting, and you know, a former AHL guy saying that you know, it's a waste of time. You should be in the NHL. But moving on, because, you know, the departure of Caulfield did make way for, you know, Belzeal we've heard about, but Michael Pozzetta especially. Had a great start in the AHL, seven points in nine games. Uh, I don't know, just, th- you know, a g- really gritty guy. Great story. Kind of deharnay esque for those of you who remember his story to the NHL. Started in the East Coast Hockey League, worked his way up, sixth round draft pick. Really grinded and made his mark, and you know he earned this. Say what you want. Um, I even put out a tweet. I said, say what you want. You can be mad that Caulfield's down, but you got to be happy for this guy because he totally embraced the moment. And to top it all off, the guy's got a fucking killer flow coming off the back of his helmet. <laughs> That lettuce is gorgeous. Had it blowing in the wind on his solo lap. And honestly, I thought he played a great game, too.
1: Uh, he, he only clocked eight. Uh, we'll say we'll round it up to nine minutes, but was very impactful. I mean, only nine. Sorry. He was eight. Well, it was eight
0: minutes and 45 seconds. And see, I it felt like he played 14 minutes.
1: And every time he was on the ice and they had a chance, like if if they were in, you know, uh, a scoring position and he was he was on the ice they would like people were getting loud loud uh he was able to get five hits um he was just like you see something like that at, in that short of time like just the word buzzing like he was Wait, just what? electric out there that night and, and uh, i
0: sorry mm-mm. go ahead I just there were multiple opportunities that the Habs started based off a play from Michael Pizzetta. Uh Belzeal mm-hmm. also had a strong game. Um, I can't remember. They were lining up with a myriad of players because of – but, you know, Lechman and Armia definitely helped them. But there was one play in particular that was – Montreal got – lost the puck in the offensive zone. It was a rush by Pozzetta and Belzeal. Belzeal and Lechman, or whoever was on the ice with them, left the ice. Posetta stayed in the. Posetta stayed on, broke up a play in center ice, and the puck went back in. He chased it down. I don't remember if you remember where the play I'm talking about. I think it was late in the second. Mm-hmm. And you know, on the forecheck, got behind the neck, pinned the guy against the boards, fought for the puck against two of them, won the puck, got the puck out, and then got off the ice. But Montreal had offensive zone possession for about a minute and a half after that. And that was all started off a nothing play that Michael Bezetta turned into something just by hard work and grit. And he did that every single time he was on, he was on the ice. I thought he gave it his all. And I love what Mike Johnson pointed out. Like you said, hit finished the night with five hits, but didn't do more than he had to Right, Like he mm-hmm. finished the checks that, he could finish, but he didn't. He didn't have any chance of getting a stupid roughing penalty. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't go out of his way to do it. If, if exactly. it was if it was to
1: to secure uh, the puck back or or you know put a stop, he did it. Like uh, I love that. I mean, if you just look at his stats, like zero giveaways. You know, no takeaways. But he was able to just come out and lock in a, a strong performance without you know putting us at risk.
0: Exactly. No. And I'm not saying he's a world beater or he's a star player. He's going to be an impact guy in the Montreal Canadiens. But Michael said has my vote for a fourth line roster spot next game.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, he kind of reminded me of Jake Evans in the middle of um, of Byron and in last year. Um, just every shift, it was just explosive energy, um, not giving up on the play, you know, and. In turn, it, it, it ended in something, you know, strong for us. But um, I was thinking about that all night. I was just like, he's got this energy. Like, you know, obviously he's out there to prove something, but he's not letting his energy get, get like knock over his poise into making like a slip up. Like, he, he might have been one of the best players on our team last night simply because he, he understood the job he needed to do and did it to like a fucking T, like not a crumb is left on this plate.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think he played well. I think Jake Evans also played a great game. <clears throat> I thought the whole team played well. Nick Suzuki really came out. That was a game we love to see from Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of game. Beautiful. You know, regardless, regardless of the three points, take the three points out of the equation. If Nick Suzuki just played that game and got nothing, he played a very good game. I love when he's taking guys on, stick handling in the offensive that's what he needs to do to be successful you know a lot of times he was given a few passes that I think other more skilled players would have buried Mm -hmm. but they were going to let or galley is a volume shooter we know this right yeah and so they weren't buried but he played well I would say he was probably our third best skater on the ice last night and that's only because of two you know Very exceptional games by two very exceptional players. Um, I think you know who one of them is. He got a shutout. We'll talk about him after. But first, I want to give some of the limelight to Josh Anderson because that is one of the best hockey games I've ever seen Josh Anderson play.
1: He had a couple, like, really beautiful. Like, I think he had, like, two beautiful passes. (laughs) I was like, dude, this guy is fucking odd one.
0: And how many (laughs) rushes down the wing?
1: Oh, dude, he was was so
0: explosive. There was one play where Josh Anderson picked it up at center ice, brought it back into the Canadian zone, skated behind the net and went 200 feet the other way behind the other net. Mm-hmm. And then they lost it. He picked it back up at the blue line, kept it in the offense. Like that is the best game of hockey. Maybe not statistically, definitely not statistically. Like he didn't score a hat trick or anything. He got one goal, but that was the best game of hockey. I think I've ever seen Anderson play, at least in a long time and if he can do that maybe not every night because that's tough to do but if he can do that on a consistent basis i don't care what the fucking analytic nerds of this i like analytics but you know Mm -hmm. the group i'm talking about on twitter the fucking kids my age thinking they're big shit (laughs) knowing everything about hockey i don't care what they say i don't care what Analysts say that is fucking amazing. And that's going to help. That's so worth the contract. Right. That is what you pay Josh Anderson to do. And if you think five and a half million dollars a year is too much, I think you're on crack because that just provided so much energy. And, you know, you'll say people, you'll see people mock that and say, Oh, you don't pay money for energy and leadership. Well, I would
1: pay money for someone to keep it in the offensive zone. You know what it day. tells
0: You know what it tells me? Like I I'm not a boomer or an old head for hockey. I don't think you pay guys like Matt Martin anything more than a million bucks. I don't think you have guys like Matt Martin or Ryan Reeves on your team. I really don't. But if you honestly believe that leadership and grit and hard work aren't something worthwhile in the sport like something josh anderson provides that tells me that you have not smoking I don't, rocks <laughs> yeah but and i mean this in the most polite way possible it tells me that you have not played a sport at any sort of competitive level in your mm-hmm. entire life because when you've got a guy and i don't care if he's scoring or how good he is but especially when he is good or a leader or a guy that you're supposed to rely on Even if he's not producing, when he's going out there and he's giving everything, he's taking hits and he's laying his body on the line and he is just, you know, he's coming on the bench and he's spewing, like, you can tell, like, he's going to be coughing out blood later. He's given everything you can't just as a, forget as an athlete, as a human being, you can't not go out there and do the same thing. You just can't, it inspires you to go out there and play as hard as you fucking can. So I don't care what anyone says. If Josh Anderson, and I've criticized him for a long time, he can't pass. So if he can, you know, I've, we've said how many times, Corey, if he could pass, he'd be one of the best players in the league. (laughs) He can't pass. Okay. And I'll criticize him for that, but don't try to take away from what he does provide, because when he's doing what he's doing last night, I'll pay all $5.5 million willingly to Josh Anderson because that is exactly what this team needs right now. And it paid off. It, You know, everyone was working hard. Everyone was giving everything. And Montreal came away with their second shutout of the year and their third win.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, a lot of people seem to forget, like, how integral he was in the playoffs last year that kept us alive. You know, some of those. I think it was like two nights where he scored the, the two goals back to back. But um, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but you know they said it last night, and it really, it really was true. You know, he's uh, forgot, forgot which guy said it, but he was like some, some nights you know the legs are just under you, and I mean, I think it's Mike Johnson. Just a, just a play you were talking about. I mean, he literally took it 200 feet looked for an offensive, you know, look for a play. Um it kind of falls apart, gets it back, and proceeds to continue to try, you know, to keep the momentum. Like Josh Anderson's speed last night just is a it was it was unreal. You know, um I think I think you're right though about, you know, look at Brendan Gallagher, you know, uh has kind of fallen a bit as of, you know, he's not the young Brendan Gallagher anymore. He's banged up, but you see someone like that, like take, you know, Brendan Gallagher takes the body all fucking day long. And, you know, how do you, how do you not fight, you know, after that, but, you know, in in Josh Anderson's case, Josh Anderson is, you know, the person fucking hauling ass to try to chase the puck, uh, you know, to stop an icing or anything like that. This dude's given 110% to keep us in games, like, how do you not battle with him? You know, how do you try, cool, exactly. how do you not try to, you know, get to his level? And last night we saw that, you know, there was leaders in this room that were really on one last night and everyone else's energy. Uh, and just there, it almost like, you know, just their hockey poise, like skyrocketed. And Definitely. that's what we're supposed to see, you know, like this team is, is capable of doing that, you know, um we would like it more than you know three and eight but this is you know this is a step in the right direction to to see this team have have a night like that you know we're not outscoring them but we are just we're just obliterating them off offensively like just keeping it in the zone a lot of a lot of takeaways uh last night it was just a one of the most well-played games i've seen even including last year uh we just we just played really,
0: really well. Yes, and of course, a lot of that spearheaded by the efforts of Jake Allen, who has played absolutely amazingly this season, outside of one the, bad this, game. Yeah, despite all the, all the bullshit. <clears throat> yeah, just has played like a superhero. He had one five-goal game. The guy still got a point nine one four safe percentage um two shutouts on the year think about that montreal's won three games two of them are jake allen shutouts like this guy is if he hasn't you know say what you want about the start that canadians have had jake allen's put them on his back he leads the league <clears throat> in uh, shots against he's taken more shots against than any other goalie and i think he's played phenomenally i really do um If we didn't have Jake Allen, like, could you imagine, like, if Caden Primo was playing this year, it'd be a disaster. Not only for him, but for the organization, it would be awful. Sam Montembeau is certainly not ready, not by any means, Mm -hmm. at least through my opinion. If Jake Allen wasn't our guy, I don't think there's a lot of other backup goalies that could... I guess take what he has. And that I think that's really because he is, like I've said, I think he's a 1B. I think Jake Allen is a starter in this league. Not a good not an elite one. But I think he's really shown that, you know, even getting us the, the playoffs last year, like we shouldn't be surprised that Jake Allen's doing this because he just continues to do what he does, and that's stop pucks and that's keep us in games. And if Montreal can start getting him some run support here. As much as I think that we should, and as much as I want that first overall pick and to get a lottery pick, like I don't think Jake Allen's gonna let that happen if he gets more than a goal a game from this team.
1: Right. No, um, I, I, I agree with yeah. you. And it's you know, uh, the Red Wings as of late, you know, they've kind of fallen a little bit off of off of the hot streak, but this isn't a this team has been clicking, you know. Uh especially to to blank someone like like um, like cider we had mentioned him before we got on um you know granted you know Dylan larkin's out and Bertuzzi's out but you know this this team hasn't been able you know you really no one's really been able to stop uh Mort cider at all or lucas raymond and you know this team that i mean we were not expecting to win uh, came in you know, not just because it's a shutout, but like really dominated this game. And you know, I think this team can dominate uh, Detroit, but as of late, we haven't been playing that way. You know, so I felt I felt it was an, an amazingly refreshing game
0: to watch. You know, I'm I'm excited that I I was able to tune into that one. Yeah, most definitely. Um, also some interesting comments from. Jeff Petrie today, um, to quote, this is from Arpan Basso, quoting Jeff Petrie um, in regards to his play to start the season. Um, There were times I felt like I needed to step up and try to be something else. For me, I don't think to add any other pressure, I need to play my game, the style that's worked for me in the past. And that's in regards to his difficult start. Said Petrie also added that he did add some pressure onto himself in order to compensate for the loss of Weber and Edmondson. He tried to be something he's not, but last couple of games feels like he's played better and is skating better. And honestly, I'd have to agree. I think Petrie has been better last few games. Mm. And, you know, I still think there's a lot of improvement for Petrie if this team's going to be successful. Um, He needs to start passing passing the puck more on the power play. Yeah. Especially to Cole Caulfield, um, <laughs> with Caulfield at the at the leftmost uh, circle. Yeah, but it makes <clears throat> sense that you know you look. I think we get kind of a jaded look because I think fans, even as podcast hosts, mm-hmm. but sports fans especially, we're all guilty of it. We have very, 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 very short memories. Like we are so focused on what have you done for me recently? Yeah. And we forget what Jeff Petrie's done to start the season. By the way, you fucking jinxed him. And <laughs> it's a, it's not over. It's not over. Okay. We're going to have to make a fucking audio clip of that, because if you guys remember that episode, Corey comes out here and says Petrie's going to win the fucking Norris. And the guy's got one point. Anyway,
1: it's not over. It's not superstition. Over. Aside, only 12 games. So.
0: <laughs> superstition aside. <laughs> Um, I think it makes sense. You know, once he explains it, you take a look back and you go, wow, Jeff Petrie, like he's tried to be Shea Weber taking those bombs on the power play. Um, he's really, I don't know if you know, he hasn't joined the rush as much. Mm -hmm. He's really kind of tried to step back. He's been laying the body more. Yeah. He's tried to be Shea Weber and he doesn't have Edmondson backing him up. You can probably imagine. And even sorry to back myself up a little bit even just talking about his presence off the ice. Do you remember, I think it was after the sixth game when they hadn't won yet, or going into before they won their first game, he got off the ice and he was pissed. Like he was vocal. Mm -hmm. Jeff Petrie, we've made fun of him for it in the past. Is the most soft-spoken. Yeah, he's a a quiet, very uh, to-himself type of guy. He's a six foot four teddy bear with the softest most mild voice like this in the world. Right. And he was livid. And I think that's just him trying to pick up from Shea Weber's absence. And what we forget is that not only does this team feel it in, you know, the presence, but they also, you know, we look at it and we say, wow, they're bad without the players feel that too. Mm -hmm. They know that they're missing something. So I think it makes total sense that Petrie struggled I think it's very predictable, especially when that you consider we don't have Joel Edmondson, who is our second best defender. Yeah. Say what you like. I think Kulak can challenge for him when he plays well. And I know the fucking there's crowds that think Kulak's our best defender. They're wrong, but you know, they're entitled to an opinion. Edmondson's our second best guy. He's our number two. That is indisputable. He's placed as our number two. Mm-hmm. And you know, Petrie has looked like he's on an island sometimes and he's played horribly, but yeah, I just think it makes sense. You know, it totally makes sense. You can see that he's tried to be something he isn't. And if he can just pick up his game and continue to, to play his game, which is Jeff Petrie, the puck moving defenseman, who has 30 plus assists every year for the last four years. Then I think this team can win some hockey games. But I just thought it was interesting to see that perspective. I know I've been a little long winded here. No, uh, I think you're right. It's, it
1: was, it's, I mean, this year is truly a learning curve for Jeff Petrie. He's never been the top, the top man defensively. You know, he's never had to like truly carry the burden of being the leader you know, and I love what he said in his comments, you know, it, it really, I, I love, I love when he, every time he, he has, you know, comments because um, it, it, he's one of the most likable, but like down to earth um, players in the league just happens to be, you know, like he happens to just be with us, but um, you can just really get a sense of his life. Like, you know, he's very, you know, he's very in his head. If he fucks up, he's going to take it so hard on himself, but, you know, for a player that's so calm and collected and very soft spoken for him to come out of that comfort, you know, what makes Jeff Petrie so amazing to try to be something bigger than, than himself to unite this team and try to, you know, be the the voice of reason with the likes of, you know, the um, Fucking Tuna gone, Weber gone, Kerry Price out, you know. Edmondson. Edmondson.
0: Byron. That leadership By, yeah, is decimated. Byron.
1: It's gone. And it's like Jeff Petrie and, and Brendan Gallagher. And as far as Jeff Petrie, you know, I just commend him for trying to take on more than he might be able to just because he's, he's more of a mental – a uh, person kind of like drew Ann, like they need to just be allowed to play their game. They need the risk. They, they probably, you know, thrive with responsibility, but like the take on all of it. I think that was a bit too much for Jeff Petrie, but I don't well, see this being a failing thing. I can see him as like the leader yeah. of a team, but like this is his first shot at doing it. So like, I can't be too critical on him
0: for having such like a bit of a slow start. I think I agree, but also disagree with you there. However, like, okay, you say it's his first shot as the number one. And I think we've both said for the last two years that Jeff Petrie's the number one defenseman on this team. Um, I remember last year for a period of time, but the year before when Weber was out for like 30 games, Petrie steps up and he does it. Mm-hmm. We remember having this discussion with you. I can't remember when it was a few months ago. Every time Weber goes down, Petrie would step up he'd be that guy I think the difference this time is that Weber's not coming back yeah that that's and, literally
1: was gonna be my my rebuttal to it was yeah like it's he can he can be the like you know. The, the You know, the stand-in guy right now they're Knowing that it's coming back He can step up to that But to take on the entire responsibility That's where I meant as far as the number one I didn't well, mean, like, the number one Yeah, because I truly think He's the number one defenseman we have Even if Shea Weber's here I meant, like, taking on the leadership role Of, like, the captaincy Like, I wouldn't be surprised
0: If they would have gave Jeff Petrie the C Well, and what I think the bigger part of it is, is that he's got to be the number one and the number two now. Mm-hmm. Where in previous years, Edmondson last year really stepped up and bore the load. I love Joel. I think I'm a little higher on him than most people are. I love Joel. You Edmondson. weren't in the beginning. I love.
1: I love like how you have evolved to love uh, Edmondson.
0: Oh, I I despised him at the start, but he got. <laughs> You know, he got like, it done. Like, he's phenomenal. oh he's incredible. and before that, I'm gonna get fucking clowned on for this. Ben Sherat really a couple years ago. I'm so, I can't st- like the guy shouldn't look. We know where I stand with him now, but Ben Sherratt really stepped up to the plate uh the year prior. And he wasn't I'm not saying he he was a long-term number two guy, but he was doing it, he was shutting guys down, he was playing good. Yeah, and when, when was, we got him, I was like, dude, this is this might be one of the best acquisitions to date right now. Like, oh, he was playing well. Like, and Petrie had, you know, Petrie didn't have to go out there and bear the load of all the defense. And mm-hmm. that's the difference this year. I love David Savard with Romanov. I think he's good, does good for Romanov. But outside of David Savard, there are no defensive defensemen on this team. Joel Edmondson is that guy. Um, Ben Sherratt is you could call him a defensive defenseman, but there's not a lot of defense being played. There's a lot of chasing when he's on the ice. Mm -hmm. So he's not much help. I love Sammy Niku. I love Chris Weidman. They don't have, you know, you can say, yeah, you do. I think I do agree that you can do a lot of defending when you have the puck when you're transitioning and you're not letting them attack you, you can do a lot of defending those guys on the, it's the penalty kill, right? Like they're not great for that. I think Kulak is, he's okay at it. Like, I think he's pretty average at it. I think what Kulak does, how Kulak succeeds in his defending is that he doesn't let the opposition have the puck a lot, which is its own. Like I love Brett Kulak. I think he could, really truth, truly develop into a number two defenseman on a team. Not just this team, I think a few teams in this league. I think he just needs the opportunity. But my point being, you're not always going to be able to avoid defending. Sometimes you're going to get boxed in your zone, and sometimes you're going to have to kill the penalty. David Savard, I think, is a third-pairing guy, a third number three defenseman in terms of killing penalties. Jeff Petrie's alone there. Like He has to bear that load. By himself, and he knows if he messes up, there's no one coming to help him. And I think that's honestly where Montreal misses Weber the most because Mm -hmm. when his offense wasn't, you know, wasn't clicking, or when he was injured, or when he was slow footed say what you want. He cleared guys out from in front of the net and he laid his body on the line. And he, like, the defensive presence of Shea Weber I don't think ever wavered. And yeah. That I think has what's really messed with Petrie's not having Edmondson and Weber to kind of take some of those difficult minutes away from him so that he can get those offensive zone starts and he can worry about bringing the puck up the ice.
1: Um, just a quick update on Edmondson uh, he joined the team back uh, a couple of days ago, um, but he's had a setback. They're saying that, um, He's going to be about ten to fourteen days, so roughly two. You know, it's more more two weeks until he comes back uh, to the team. Also, another update: Norlander has been cleared for full contact. Uh, He got he got hurt uh, during training camp, so there's a chance he'll see uh, some action this year too. So, but Edmondson, another two weeks out, but um, um, it's going to go by quick. Hopefully, (laughs) yeah. Um, and this was just, this was two days ago, so, yeah.
0: Just some other hockey news um, regarding Colorado, who've kind of become my second favorite team for a few years now. Just want to touch touch on them quickly. They play tonight. They're missing Makar Rantanen, Burakoski, Devon Taves, Valery Nishkushkin, and Pavel Francouz. And I want to point this out because – You've probably seen me tweet about it. If you follow me on Twitter, Corey, I know you've probably seen it. Uh, Fucking Curtis McDermott is playing for the Colorado Avalanche. And on this is a team that has Jack Johnson on their blue line. Okay. And we've notoriously clowned on Jack Johnson. Curtis McDermott is the worst defenseman I've ever seen. In my entire life. And if you honestly, it's it's fucking if you're not an avalanche fan, it's fucking hilarious. If you have the capability to check the avalanche lineup, I plead with you. If you're a hockey fan, if you're a Habs fan, I don't care. Or if you're just you just want to see chaos. Watch one shift of Curtis McDermott on the ice. There's almost always a scoring chance like I've never seen an NHL player who is that bad at hockey. And if you like go on Twitter, when the abs are playing, just look up McDermott and you'll just see <laughs> this chaos. Like if you think Ben Sherratt has it bad playing for the Montreal Canadiens, I cannot like stress to you how much abs fans hate Curtis McDermott. My best friend is an abs fan. And when I was back home, we did a double header. Abs played at eight, Habs played at 10. I haven't seen him that lit. Like, Curtis McDermott would touch the puck, and he'd fucking clench his fit. Even if Curtis McDermott made a good pass, he's like, fucking McDermott, he got lucky. Like, they fucking hate him. It's hilarious. And the other thing, because I'm not just mentioning how shit a player is, but they have a player, Jason McDonald. He's 26, I believe. He's been up and down in the AHL a bunch. Really cool, Jacob player. McDonald. Is it Jacob McDonald? Sorry. Yeah, he's
1: playing on the fourth lawn tonight. Uh with
0: Yeah, Jason Manga and Key for Sherwood. Sorry, that's why I said Jason because of but yeah. Jacob McDonald is a defenseman slash forward, and he's like well, a Brad true Burns. oh, like a legit like. It's not like he plays forward once in a while or mm-hmm. D once in a while. I think he split his games in the AHL last year. He is a primary defenseman. Like that. Oh, it's so cool. I think he was drafted as a defenseman. He's a primary de- like pr- defenseman, his first position. Mm-hmm. But he's playing on the fourth line for the app. So it'll be too late by the time this episode's out. But if he's still in the lineup, check it out. I just think it's a really cool thing to see happen. Like If you're a hockey nerd, it- it's cool to watch Jacob McDonald play. It's- anytime there's a defenseman playing forward, I think it's so cool. Even last night when... um galley went out drew n was also out who we'll give an update to after this um i was just hoping sammy Nuku or chris weidman got up on the on the forwards i just love it i think it's so cool to watch players play out of position
1: right but um, yeah
0: if you can watch curtis mcdermott fucking do it Corey. <laughs> it's hilarious
1: <laughs> i'll check the game out uh i need something to watch while i edit but uh yeah that i i I love pl- I love guys that are def- defensemen and also forwards like that 2016 year when um, when San Jose went on that that fucking run to the cup and they just let Brent Burns like they were just like, we're going to throw you as a forward, you know, uh, and he just fucking ate that shit up. I was like, dude, this is like one of the most this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in hockey is is to give, you know, the defenseman the reins to OK. Uh, we have an injury, you know. There's a there's an opportunity to call up a defenseman if you you know if you want to take a right wing position. And he was fucking like unstoppable. Uh, I love shit like that. It's like uh, I think it's called what like Iron Iron Man football uh, when you can do that and uh, you know little leagues all the way to
0: college. I think where you can play uh, defensive and offensive. Uh, well, I, I thought it was I think it's sick as fuck. Brent Burns is an interesting guy because I think he was traded to Minnesota or to San Jose from Minnesota as a forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was drafted I believe a right wing. Well, like he played in the NHL for years as a forward Mm -hmm. and then made the transition and put up more points as a defenseman. Same with Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, that guy was a forward who I don't even know what were his point total. I know like for The entire dynasty in Chicago, he was a forward, was he not? Uh, I really didn't pay that much attention to it, if I'm being honest. I'm pretty sure he was a forward the whole time he played in Chicago, too. Like, really, I just – yeah, I Mm -hmm. agree with you. It's really cool to watch players like that who are just interchangeable. And then, for some reason, you make that that change defense. I don't know if it's whether you you see the ice better or you – Have more vision or you just you have more opportunities. I don't know what it is. They just really take off on the back end. But yeah, so Jacob McDonald, Curtis McDermott, check them out. One of them's a good story. One of them is so bad it's funny. Um, but moving (laughs) on to unless you have anything to add. Uh,
1: I just uh, we just have an ad read by our friends over at DraftKings uh, NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty handed. Anyone can pay. Anyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their games and win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. A $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: Well, I can tell you one thing. If you are going to bet, on draft kings, which you one hundred percent should do not ever bet on the fucking Miami Dolphins to winning <laughs> because oh my god, I don't I don't know I don't know if it's show. a home
1: game this year, but I saw we do play the Dolphins, and I hope it's a home game because I've really never
0: seen the Dolphins in person. Fucking how? Why would you want to? One in seven.
1: But this your fucking it's your favorite team, you know. So you know, see us see, see what see what it's
0: like. It is. It's, it's just. It's just I thought it was two a time, thought it was two a time, got injured. The team sucks. Um, defense continues to be awesome, but our offense is still shit. We have one of the best tight ends in the league. Can't get anything done. Has some of the best. We're just, it's just a shit show. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The only thing that makes me feel better about being a house fan when we've been losing is that knowing that being a dolphins fan is more painful <laughs> Thought we were gonna get gonna get Deshaun Watson and then all that bullshit with him happen. It's there's there's just no it's it's endless pain being a Miami Dolphins fan. Like I think it's almost as bad as being a Jets fan now. So yeah, if you're gonna draft on DraftKings, whoever's playing the Dolphins, just put a bunch of money on them, and that's my that's my betting advice. Don't actually take it, but they're they're fucking horrible. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, um, you had an update on Drew Wan, right. Yeah, I did. So Jonathan Drewen has been confirmed by the uh, medical staff and by uh, Josh Anderson made a comment saying he came back from the hospital. He was in the locker room after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, no concussion. As far as they know, they did the testing. They'll reevaluate him on Thursday, which will be when you guys listen to this. So uh, he should be a game time decision. Ducharme wasn't too concerned, said everything should probably be okay. So we'll probably see Jonathan drew hopefully back in the lineup. If not, he might miss one game, he'll be back. So that's good to hear, especially the way he's been playing. He's been playing great for the Habs, putting up big points, um, leading the team up until last night. When quietly, Nick Suzuki took the lead, and, you know, we we were rapping on him, shitting on him a lot, but he's really stepped it up these last few games. It'll be interesting to see uh, how he does on Thursday when we play. Who the fuck did we play? I believe – Let's see. Corey, I have no clue who we play. I got you, buddy. Uh... <laughs> it is the Islanders. Oh, fuck. That'll be fun. So, should be exciting to uh, hopefully see. if I was going to say if Suzuki can, can continue with the offense. I'm going to but... go see Barry. <laughs> Barry? Barry trots and the boys. <laughs> <sighs> Not a lot of offense to be had, I'll assume. Islanders aren't off to a great start either, though, are they? I don't think so. I think I think they're struggling a little bit, but um, I have nothing but faith in their fucking coach to turn it around. Oh, they'll be fine. I'm not going to worry about them one bit. But... <laughs> yeah, Islanders are um, three and five. No, how many? What are they? Islanders three and, are three and yeah. four to start the season. Mm-hmm. They'll pick it up. They always do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, hopefully we can get some offense, but when you're playing the Islanders, if you get two goals, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, hopefully Drew ends back in the lineup. We'll see what happens. Um. Honestly, I'm pretty optimistic after seeing last game that Montreal is going to have a good game against the Islanders, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I just I have a good feeling, I think. I think the guys kind of took some inspiration from that win. If Jake Allen can continue to play the way he has, um, I think Montreal's gonna have a chance in a lot of games this year. And like I said, if Montreal can do the Ottawa Senators approach and, you know, lose pretty much every single game, but score a bunch of goals, I'll be pretty darn happy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I think I think there's a there's a bit of unity that there was a spark in that game that I don't think it was just a one-time thing uh I know you know obviously there was a bit of movement um with the team as far as you know like Caulfield get, getting sent down um uh, but I, I don't think that it can something like they they just look too united too glued together to really drop the ball in the next game I mean they might you know like I can see a loss just because it's it's the Islanders uh it's going to be a tough battling game. But um, as far as like the connection, I think I think we have a solid chance at winning it just because it's been if it seems like the the pieces are starting to come
0: together. Yeah, definitely. No, I think like I said, this team isn't as bad as they were to start the season. they are no cup contenders, but if Montreal can have some development through Suzuki, who's now back on pace for 60 points. I so think if he can get 60 points. That'll be awesome. Absolutely. I think uh, I think
1: they would be dumb not to play Pezzetta next game. Bring that fire. I to, agree. To a team like the Islanders could be a, a big difference maker in, in a win or loss situation. Um, dude, I actually just found something very interesting. I know it's, it's a little off, but we were talking about Brent Burns. Do you know who converted Brent Burns – um, to to play defense, was it in what team was he on? It was Minnesota. Minnesota's head coach. You know who it was at the time. what year was it? Uh, I want to say 2000, uh, 2003. So two thousand, th- he was, got he got drafted was, and he immediately got. It was two
0: thousand three. He got converted to forward. No, he got converted to defenseman. I thought he played as a, a forward in the league.
1: Yeah, he did. And uh, LeMaire decided, told, you know. Oh, Jacques LeMaire, really? Yeah. Oh, LOL. I just gave it away. Hey, <laughs> Tom, fucking Stanley Cup champion, uh, Montreal Canadiens, Jacques LeMaire. Uh, yeah, he, uh, I think he played, he might have played a couple of games as a right wing, but I believe his
0: first game, with the
1: wild was as a defenseman.
0: Oh okay. Uh like See, I was I thought he played a couple seasons as a forward. So I guess I must have smoked some crack or something before. Well I know I know his uh like it says
1: when you know his like oh uh where, where am I at uh playing with like the Brampton battalion um he was a right winger you know so he I guess just to get him in the game because it says that once he def- he uh, adapted his def- uh, his role as a defenseman, he got his he like earned his regular spot uh, with the with the Wild.
0: Um, he was a high pick too, first round. He was twentieth overall.
1: overall. Yeah, wore like I don't even think he wore a suit, son. Like, <laughs> like Brent Burns came into the league as the most unique fucking person.
0: <laughs> He's definitely unique. That'll give them. We've kind of run the clock here, haven't we? Yeah, a bit, a bit.
1: What are we at right now? Uh, Let's see. We are at, Jesus,
0: I think we're at like an hour. (laughs) Well, I think think that'll be good to wrap things up for today. (laughs) Unless you got anything else to add, because we've talked an awful lot for one game of news.
1: No, no, uh, yeah, we did. I, we just we were just on a roll tonight. No, I'm fine with ending it here. I think we got our points across that we wanted to, and uh, no, I think I think we should we should roll out.
0: All right. Well, if that's everything for today, just want to say thank you so much, guys, for coming in, listening to us on whatever platform that is. If you have any spare time, I highly recommend you check out some of the other podcasts in the Hockey Podcast Network. Or if you're a big football guy, maybe you're a Miami Dolphins fan. I'm sorry if you are. You could check out the Pigskin Podcast Network, which is all NFL, all football, all the time. So highly recommend you check out some of those podcasts. But once again, thank you guys for listening. We'll uh, work to keep you guys updated, keep pumping out the episodes. And uh, we have some exciting content, hopefully planned for the new year. So it's november it's a few months away but we're excited to hopefully announce that talk about it if it works out Corey, do you have anything to add before i take us out leave us a message at
1: www.speakpipe.com forward slash habs nightly that's it
0: yeah please do we haven't gotten any since our last one from
1: jason jason,
0: jason Bent. awesome listener jason hope you're <laughs> out there listening so if we can get any more, we'd appreciate that. We love interacting with you guys, whether that's on the SpeakPipe or through social media. So without further ado, you guys have a wonderful day. Hopefully we take a big win against the Islanders tonight. If that's it, that'll be all. All right, folks, this has been Habs Nightly. you all have a blessed evening. We'll talk to you all soon.